Looking for a better way to connect to your Kickstarter audience? Looking for videos to reach out and inform your followers what exactly is going on, fulfilling campaigns, or you know, just creating content to interact with? I'm your guy. If you're an author looking to make something, a dynamic video to reach out and actually reach your Kickstarter followers, whether it's offering a cool reward, whether it's answering mail, whether it's whatever you can imagine, I can be there to help you. Check out my Kickstarter services in the description below. Button. Now I just gotta wait for this thing to go and we'll really, really be go here. All right, let's make sure that this is, there we go, we are ready to rock. So we are officially live, ladies and gentlemen, and this is kind of a year in this is i guess i guess for lack of a better term this is a year in review kind of podcast as uh andrew's back for more what's up buddy yeah no i'm I'm happy to be here i don't do many interviews so uh i've been uh rather silent this year in the interview front i I mean obviously i interview people but you know i uh don't go down many shows so thank you for having me oh pleasure pleasure so okay so you so how was your year it, it, it's been interesting. It's been interesting. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of stuff has happened this year to put it nicely, um, between fixing a problem that was plaguing me for about 13 years and then expanding a business and having a three to four X in my business on a sales level. So, uh, it's been kind of a crazy year for me. I was this close to a living wage this year. I lost it the last, the last month. <laughs> I was that close. Um, I, I feel you. I feel you. It's taken me 10 years to get to where I'm at in my business. And yeah. so, you know, and, and it's taken a lot. There's been a lot of bumps and there's been a lot of crazy stuff. And uh, I was in the right place at the right time this year where it was the skill and maturity was there, but I also got lucky. I'll be very honest sure. about it. But luck is preparation meets opportunity. That's what it actually really, uh, for a lot, that's what it is, right? Didn't Thomas Jefferson not say that? <laughs> but that's what it is. I mean, like, look, it's not, it, it's it's all about, like, I had this interview yesterday. And we <clears> talked <throat> about me, like, accidentally, I accidentally got traditionally published a couple, couple years ago. Or not a couple years ago, like, almost actually 10 years ago, actually. That's actually pretty cool. But, um... It, a lot of dominoes kind of had to fall in a row to make it all work. It didn't have worked if one of those dominoes wasn't there. So in one sense, I was very lucky. In another sense, I was prepared. Like those things were there and that's what really mattered. It doesn't matter that it had to be this magical circumstantial pack of the dominoes. That doesn't really matter. No one cares how you get there. Like no one, right? Everyone correct, right? So, cause it, everybody knows how hard it is. And, um, uh, and what matters is that you're there. That's it, right? The rules, like, like, look, if if somebody ten years from now goes to me when I'm when I have zillions of dollars and I'm doing randomly stupid shit just because I can, um, right? They're going, you are lucky to do get all of this. You know what I'm gonna say? You're damn right, and that's okay, and I'm I'll be okay with that. You know what I mean? It's like that's totally oh. how it. I, I guess, I, I guess, but for, for, for me, and, and we talk about opportunities. So in February, and I haven't really been spoken about this is I had a surgery. 
to correct my foot and they fused my foot and they got me. So most people walk like this up and down for about eight years. I was walking on the complete side of my foot and one part of my foot wasn't touching the ground. So the surgery corrected that and I have a day job. And so I got to work from home during my day job. And that's when I expanded my business because I knew that I didn't have a three hour commute every single day, which meant I had more time. And I, during my lunch hour, I could address my business and I could do other things. And so I had a lot more time and then that's elected the expansion of my business. So, you know, it was just the idea that I said, Hey, I could sit around and recover or I could take this opportunity and do something that I wouldn't normally get the ability to do. And it just so happens that a lot of comics came out because obviously I sell comics and I went from selling 30,000 to about 92,000 in comic books this year and collectibles. And it just so happened that I made that decision. And at that exact time, a bunch of books were going out and were selling ran 20 bucks and then I saw them for 90, a hundred bucks a pop. And then there's another bunch of them and another bunch and another bunch. And so it was just a bunch of stuff just happened. And then I just said, I'm going to go do something and we could call it God's will. We could call it whatever you want to call it. But it was just one of those things where I was like, I'm going to try. And if I fail, okay, I'm not going to be homeless. It's going to suck though, but I went for it. And I think sometimes that also just happens too, is that you say, look, I'm in now and I'm just going to go forward hell or high water, right? Yeah. I'm doing that right now. I'm, I'm putting together a podcast course. I don't know how many people are going to buy the thing when it's all said and done. No idea, right? It won't be zero, but it may, I may not hit my goal. That's not, that's not the thing that you have to try. It's like you're here now to do your thing. And if you're not willing to put the effort out, then... You're never going to get anywhere, right? So is it the concept of failing up, right? I mean, I mean, people think, I don't know what, what people think about you, but I'm not an overnight success. I mean, it takes me 10 years to figure out how to get almost a hundred thousand dollars worth of sales in a year. And I, I don't want to be like, oh man, I'm a failure. Cause I don't think that's failing, but it took me 10 years of trying every business position I could think of. And then it just so happens that after, I guess, 50 of them, I figured out the one and now it's working. And that doesn't mean, you know, I'll do the same thing next year. I might do more, I might do less, but at least I now have a business structure, but it took me 10 years to get here. So like my thing is that, and and I failed so many times and I'm the first person to say it. So I have no problem failing again, no problem failing again. And I will, without a doubt, without a doubt. You could bet on that. I mean, my failures are bigger now. That's the one thing I I can honestly say is my failures are bigger now, which is good. I mean, that that's whether people realize it or not, that's growth, right? Right. The bigger, the bigger, the bigger, the bigger, the bigger, the the bigger the swing, the bigger the risk for success for failure, and you got to kind of. You got to kind of take it. Now, I got to make some changes. Like one of the things I was going to do, like with everything kind of happening the way it happened, I figured that I was going to, I'm going to have to make some changes next year. I'm going to be probably going, looks like I'm going to be heading more and more into a video editing education realm is where I'm going, it looks like. So um, that's that seems to be where I might break gets buttered. So uh, that that's where it's going to continue. Um, try to get some more shows under my belt. Try to get some more writing goals done next year as well um but yeah like 
becoming more self-sufficient is is the goal like i said like to anyone listening i i've mentioned this in other things like i i i had a i had a contract with an ai company for this podcast that was going to pay me some good coin i fell through literally um start november and then everything else i had fell through too like or went down went down the um went down the path of like okay we're gonna put this on hold so one of two things you can look at it like it's like okay this is an opportunity to um reflect kind of re refocus a little bit which is and there are some things i'm definitely going to do i think to refocus but also like um but also like like that's just part of the game like you're going to constantly change as you keep doing things on your own and you can't stay still and i wasn't going to stay still but the universe god whatever you want to say it is made sure i'm not going to be staying still right it's like it's not happening so yeah see there's a saying where i don't know how you feel but and i'm not saying people can't change but i either think you are born entrepreneurial or you're not and there's nothing wrong there's nothing wrong with not having the i guess blood of an entrepreneur or the thought process of it there's plenty of great wealthy employees in life and they're not entrepreneuristic and there's nothing wrong with that i'm not here to disparage but there's also traits of entrepreneurship where you could fail i mean i don't know i'll mention two people who might be on a similar side on certain issues and different on others but they both have similar stories, Andrew Yang and Mark Cuban, where yeah. they remember going to Cozy's and getting the free bread and then sneaking back two hours later to get some free bread or going to the all-you-can-eat salad and loading up on tomatoes because when you're an entrepreneur, you may not be able to afford even, you know, oh, yeah. the most expensive meal. And so you got to figure out how to get creative. And so there, there you go. It's one of those things where, you know, it's... Kind of a crazy thing. So I think, you know, you're, you're either born a certain way. That doesn't mean you can't have entrepreneur skill sets, but I find that you're either on one side of the fence or the other. I, I think, I think, well, it's just, it's, it's the risk adverse. There's a risk. Like when you go on your own, like, you, like failure is part of the game. Um, when you work a job, the failure isn't on you. Though, I mean, very rarely is the failure on you, I should say. It happens. But it, it's not really like like the benefit of working for a big company is okay. You can only gum up the mucks so much unless you are a, in a certain position, right? And if you're in that position and you fuck up that badly, they fire your ass. Like they do. They just like no, we can't. We can't have you do this bit to us again. You know. Um, but barring that, like okay, I screw up at work. I have a side gig. I work at the uh, Calgary Flames. I work for the Calgary Flames, my NHL hockey team. I work at the warehouse. It's a side gig. I can fuck up big time there. It's no big deal because I'm just a cog in the machine. I'm not like nothing. And no, folks, I don't fuck up on purpose there. What I'm saying is <laughs> like the, the like the 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 risk aversion to me screwing up there is very low. I have to literally punch somebody or steal something for them to really care. Right. So that's, that's a good place that that's, that's minimal responsibility. Now, the bad thing is the bad thing about it is right now, obviously there's only so far I can go because my time is now part of the machine of, of making something else much more money. And in the future, like 
I, I don't know what the job market future is going to look like in 10 years. I don't. I, I think I think there's going to be less jobs, more businesses. Where I think I'm going to kind of push it on you is I think by default, we are like we're much more cutthroat today as is. It's going to be much, I think there's going to be much more a demand for um, like there's going to be a lot more freelancing going on, I think, as time goes on. I, I, I don't disagree. I, I also think that there's going to be more B2B plays. I think there's going to be way more, you know, even, even, I don't know if this is freelancing, but even maybe three months at hiring. So for yeah, instance, no, 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 that can be freelancing too. I mean, again, 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 I don't know the world of freelancing. I don't know how, what freelancing is actually defined as versus if you have a year contract, is that freelancing or is that? That, that, that can, that can be, that could be construed as freelancing too. It depends on the nature of, of the contract. But if I have a contract with somebody and there's a start and an end date, or if there's a service I'm providing, there's a start and an end date, I consider that freelancing. It doesn't matter what it is. Because I've heard stuff about staffing agencies and things like that. And I don't know if that's freelancing. Staffing, agency, staffing, agencies, staffing agencies are un, run under the assumption that, okay, you're, you're, you're getting into a company with the idea that after you stick around with, a com- with this company for X amount of months, they hire you. That's the theory behind a, a temp agency. The reality of the temp agency is a little bit more um, again more freelance. I don't know anything about this. This is why I'm tiptoeing. No, no, that's, that's why I'm throwing. That's why I'm I'm I'm, I'm explaining it, right? Um, um, I'm explaining it. Um, it's it's one of those things where, um, in theory, it leads to full time employment. Reality is, they're cheaper labor on average for companies than regular employees, so. And depending on what on where what part of the of the country you're in, uh, it's true in Canada and the states, you'll see more temp workers than than others. When I was living in Windsor during the pandemic, I would do some temp jobs here and there. There's lots of temp work, right? Full time work, not so much. It's harder to get. It's hard to get full time work, right? Because everybody's just cycling people through the system, which is a weird thing. Um, but that's that's the nature here like where i am at in alberta they have a tendency to keep you like again there's there's like i've been employed like i am employed as a flames for a year there's no type of agency if i would take a temp job trying to get into where i used to work there is a very good chance it would lead to a hire right it, it does happen um but it's still there's still a bit of that i'm gonna go through this process right and of Hey, you've worked 89 days. You've heard that 90 days you get hired, you're gone. Right? I mean, look, I've, I've never worked a temp job. I, I spent a lot of time. Um, I didn't, so I completed my first full year at my company uh, this year in September. So I got hired in 2022, completed my first year, but I applied to like 200 jobs. And so I'm well aware of the whole process. And I got interviewed for my job in july of 2022 and i didn't get hired and didn't start till september so it took them a long time and it's because well you gotta go through a lot of corporate red tape but you know i I, i'll just say this i could really screw up at my job and what i do so i really um so i I, i'm a little jealous that that you you really can't mess up your job too much a little little jealous 
it's it's a low it's a low it's a low risk job right because it's one of those jobs again it's pay scale too i took a job that's a good second job not a good first job and the reason why it's a good second job is because it's it's it can supplement an income in an event things go awry which is what it's doing this month for me because things went awry last month i gotta kind of fix the ship but um but that's what that's what the job pardon me that's what the job can do um but it's not designed to supplement me for good it's not designed to be my regular source of income because i don't want it to be my regular source of income i want my creativity to be my regular source of income so i've done the thing where the job has been the regular source of income and i would do creativity on the side um now i i don't think i i do think there is such a thing as there comes a point with everybody that you kind of kind of leave the safety net behind that's kind of what i'm doing um i probably got an i figure i figure because of just where i'm at there's some little things i gotta work on in my game personally but i figure i'm probably two years away from being fully self-sufficient and that means nothing else yeah see this is interesting right because i think that and i'm actually curious what you think about this you know who Pat Chand is, right? I, I the name rings a bell. The the, the writer for Zenoscope. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For Zenoscope, he's done some stuff for a bunch of other people. Obviously, he has his own creator own stuff. And what I view Pat as is, I think he is a model that should be copied, um, in in anything creativity wise, because he has a gig with Zenoscope, so that is paid for hire. So when he's writing Van Helsing, he's getting a page rate or a fixed rate. And then when he's doing something for another company that hired him, it's the same thing. But then he goes out and does something creativity, like creative, like Destiny New York, and that's his baby or something like Cheeky. And so I think that, and I'm curious what you think about this, because I know that your job that you're working at right now isn't exactly that, but it almost sounds like a gig versus saying, you know... It's, it is and it isn't. Like, it's not a gig. I, I think there, there's two big differences. Um, while I don't know if Zenoscope is Pat Chan's final destination of choice, I, I yeah. again, that's not, that's not a conversation I am privy to, and I'm not making any assumptions for Pat. So I'm not, I, that's not what I was getting at at all. Yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, just, just, just to say that, right? But what, he, what he's got is he's got like I, I did this like last year. I had two stable gigs, like two very stable freelance gigs I was regularly doing, and th- this year I'm going to have at least two more, and they're going to it's going to lead to me making more coming up. I'm going two more at some point, and they're going to pay me significantly more money than I made the previous year. But that's that's in the future, right? I got to figure out the, the present, right? So the thing yeah, is, right. right, right. Well, but the thing is like when you're freelancing, it's good to get yourself some steady, like what you're looking for is a steady gig. And so what I'm looking for now, like, this is the thing is I am looking to replace this job. Like this is my second job. I'm looking to replace it because if I can replace it, I can, I can do what I want now, even if I'm not quite self-sufficient, Right. I can still at that point, I am I'm going to be able to create time for myself in a way that will benefit me to do more conventions next year throughout Canada, and the United States. I can travel more. I can do more things and not have to worry about certain things. 
and that's fine. Like that's exactly where I want to be next year. So that's really the goal right now. Um, and I say it like that, like with no disrespect to the job, it's just, I don't want to just keep doing it. Right. I want to do something else now, what that is, what that entails. Um, I'm looking at that right now. I would, I like, who knows? Like one of the things I'm applying for is actually for in, for the, in the same building, but to be part of the broadcast team. Right. I'm actually, there's an opening for that video editing, broadcasting. I got plenty of both of experience. Right. So I don't quite have the sports background, but I've also been working in a sports building for over a year. So I, I am aware of what's going on in, in, in ways that, um, that maybe people from the outside wouldn't be. So I have certain advantages that way. So it's, I, I have the ability, I have the effort, like that would be a fun, like that would be a great gig. Like, and then my summers would be free, right? I would still have to come to the city more often than I'd want to, but I'd be a small price to pay to be able to go. But again, these are things I'm considering right now, right? And now that's what I'm looking for is now like taking this thing here and replacing it with something better. And then the gigs I'm coming up with next year, they're like, have some really steady gigs that my time is booked. So I, now I can pursue better gigs. Right, um, Pat, I'm imagining with, with Xenoscope, Xenoscope is his stable, is quote unquote his stable gig, right? It's not, it's, it's the one that lets him pay his bills. And everything else he's doing is either stuff he wants to do for fun or stuff that's actually potentially more lucrative in the long run, right? So he's got yeah, the time it, to take that has, chance. He has a lot of Kickstarters and I think what it is is that, I think it's a gig, it's a stable gig. He's also been writing Van Helsing for like 10 years. So he knows that character probably better than everybody else knows sure. that character. And it's kind of fun to write something for 10 years and be part of that and work for that company. And so I don't want to, but also, you know, I think it allows him to breathe a little bit. And sometimes when you have a little bit of breath, you know, you can function and say, okay, you know, I don't need to force this widget into this hole this way because I can go and approach it a different, different way or it could be that since he's working for Xenoscope, it provides some clout. So when he does go to another Kickstarter, it helps to build his name and it really helps to build his name and it maintains it. And so there's a million things that can mean, I don't know exactly because I haven't actually asked him about this. And at some point I will, because uh, I love Pat Chan. And that's why I bring him up because I think what he's done is very, very smart in creativity. And I'm not saying it works for everybody. I'm not saying it has to be, it's not a perfect model by any stretch of the imagination but i think it's a good starting point saying he has some steady gigs and he has some creator own stuff and it seems that he's able to make a living based on creativity was my whole point i think it's brilliant i think it's wonderful and i think that we have to give credit where credit's due because i don't think we do that enough in this comic book creativity world is when somebody comes up with an actual thing and they're actually doing it we should say that person figured out how to do it. What have they done right? Sure. Um, like I said, he got himself he got himself a regular gig, a regular paying gig. They and 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 Zenoscope's pro probably taking good care of him because if they are if they're giving him that kind of stability, um, that there's an investment there. But the whole game is really about investing in yourself. Like that. Like and this is this is the whole whole crux of the matter. Is I I. I don't just see it from a comic perspective because I interview authors and other other things as well. Um, the whole name of the game is to get your name out there. 
that's really what this is. Like you constantly put yourself out there, you constantly push content out there and you let, and you let people know that you exist. That that's your job. The rest of how you do it, that like how you do it is um, entirely up to you, but that, that, that's your job as a creative, like you have to advertise. And it's a big part of creativity is you've got to promote. And the one thing I, I think a lot of artists fail, this is where they epically fail. I think in a lot of, a lot of the ways is they don't know how to do that. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. I mean, oh, it's, 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 I think some of the most talented people are the least creative at promoting themselves, communicating. I mean, I don't know in which that it is so hard sometimes to communicate with artists. I don't, and not, not even from, from like me writing, but me, hey, I would love to interview you. And it is so hard to communicate with them. And it is the absolute worst to, to when, when you have somebody like that. And then, and then we finally get a date and they're great as a guest. And I'm like, what were you scared about? And why was it so hard to communicate with you? It, 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 it's like the most bewildering thing for me. Because I'm like, it's A doesn't match B and C doesn't match B. And you're fantastic at everything. Like, why couldn't you just say, hey, I'm a little nervous. Just let's take it nice and slow. And boom, it would have been done. And I'm just like, you were fantastic. Like, what were you terrified about? Just, oh, drives me mad. Well, well you got to understand. Okay, let's talk like a visual artist, someone that illustrates. Speaking isn't their first language. And now that sounds really funny, but it, it's not. They don't, they, right? It's not. Like what they're doing with pictures is what they're, how they're comfortable expressing themselves. So you suddenly so put, what you're really telling me is that I should draw what I want when I'm pitching that. That's what you're that, that, telling I, me. Dude, I do drink and draws on my show. This is why I want to do drink and draws. It's one of the reasons. It's because it's a, something they're comfortable with, right? It's something comfortable. It's not, it's familiar. It's easy to get into it. And listen, I have sucked. I, there's, there's literally at this point, dozens of hours of me sucking on the air drawing, like literally, and I'm good with it, but, but that's part of the reason why it's, it's me stepping into their world. It's taking a step and a bridge to do this. Right. Um, I mean, part of it is because I want to learn, but part of it is also just like, I realize like these are, this is how, when you talk to, talk to an, someone that illustrates regularly, like they, like some of them are quite verbal, verbose, and they can definitely get hold of conversation when they're in the mood, but it's not their first go-to and you can see it. Even with writers, writers are very much caught in this like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to be in my own little corner of the universe and I'm going to tell these characters what to do. And I'm comfortable with that. But then you ask them like a monkey wrench, then you throw a monkey wrench into them, ask them a question. And they're like, uh, do you, I don't know. Right. <laughs> and it's, it's like, but it's not that hard. Right. I, I'm again, I have done, I've done shit. I've done thousands of hours of podcasting thousands. I can actually say that thousands of hours. And one of the things I've, I've learned is like, like the biggest, the biggest thing is a lot of, a lot of artists also have it in their heads that they're trying to be perfect. Like they want to have the perfect moment, the perfect expression that doesn't exist. That just does not exist anywhere. And I've learned this, I've learned this, like doing what I'm doing is that you're not going to have this perfect. And Oh, by the way, John says, hi, John said, hi. 
can't highlight it on Zoom, unfortunately, which is too bad. But I don't know which it. John this is. There's like John 20. Uh, Part time comics. Oh, 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 I can't see it either. That's the problem. It's like, yeah, no, it's Zoom. Like this, is, this is the downside to Zoom. See, Zoom, see, Zoom that does not play well with, does not play well with uh, Twitch. They beat each other up for lunch money. They really do. It's pretty funny. I, 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 would, I would pay good money to see them in a Hell in a Cell match. But yeah, no, they, they put themselves like a little Hell in a Cell. And the thing is, no, no, see, it's actually better. No, I don't want a hell on a cell. I want like a living room and I want the parent going off to make lunch. And while that's going on, then the shit is on. Like they're beating the crap out of each other, doing as much evil shit as possible in this living room while the parent is not aware of what's going on. There is this, so this Ninja Turtles movie from a few years back, like the, the animated one a few years ago, right? My favorite scene in the whole movie is there's this one scene where, where, where Master Splinter is just walking in, humming and hawing, and you can tell all four of them are mad at each other. They're just, they want to fight. But because Splinter is there, it's like, oh, you're so lucky he's here. Like, you can just see it in their body language. Like, you're so lucky he's here because I would kick your ass. Like, this is like a total, like, brotherly thing. That's what Twitch and Zoom, I want. Like, I want that Twitch Zoom brawl behind the back of the parents until one of them finally gets caught because that's what happens right then when, they, then when they get caught they got two two siblings going well who did this and he did this and he did this and and, and it's like what the like like that, that 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 that's what it is right so it's a it's a um it, it that that's what this is so i can't always see the comments as they go but uh yeah as you can see I have a good sense of humor about the whole thing. So I think it's kind of funny. I mean, I, I would just love to see it. I would just love to see it like a showdown, you know, it'd be fun. Yes. So speaking of wrestling, let's get the elephant out of the room. What do you think of punk going back to WWE? I'm sorry. I'm not a fan of cookie monster anymore. I'm not a fan of cookie. No, monster I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's no, my no, no, joke. No, no, I'm not, I'm not a fan of him. Per I, I think I, I'm not a fan of him personally either anymore. I was a fan once upon a time, but. I, I, I think the, the shine of him has worn off a little bit. I'm sure. glad he's back home. I like seeing it. It was a cool pop. It was cool. It, I'm curious what they're going to do with him. But honestly, I don't know if WWE needs him as yeah. much. And, and I mean, honestly, I'm more interested in Seth Rollins. I really want to see this Judgment Day stuff playing out. And I don't want to see Punk versus Seth Rollins. I want to see what Damian Priest is going to do with the briefcase. Like, I want to see more of that. I want to see more guys like L.A. Knight get an opportunity. I want to see this young bunch of kids getting opportunities from NXT called up and seeing what happens. Like, I, I, I don't need a 40, what is he, 45 or 43? like that that, that 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 that's the thing is okay okay if you look at wwe's average age roster they're cm punk is actually the average age which is kind of that's the, fair enough. For good for good or bad that's what it is i so my my take on it my take on it is this i actually saw the seth Rollins promo like them him him there and i watched it and i said to myself i do want to see this match but i do agree with you that wwe wwe has a very unique um victory lap they can do with cm punk and this is what this is gonna this is what this is somewhat is because he's coming back with his tail between his legs right and 
I oddly enough, I think he can be a fantastic heel because that's the way I think he's go- that's the way he's eventually going to go. I think he's going to be a heel, right? Um, because he's literally the sellout. Like that's what he is. Like he's a legitimate. Ironically enough, Cody Rhodes is actually the real CM Punk. Like he is actually the real CM Punk because he legitimately he did everything Punk talked about in the pipe bomb. Cody did everything. Cody did all of it. In fact, Cody can actually Cody Cody's a different victory lap for WWE. They 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 treat him great because they respect what he's done, but he also chose to come back. That's that's a victory feather in the cap for WWE. Went to his house. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this was spoken about where AEW was screwing out this contract and Vince went to his house. Yeah, yeah. No. So that's it, a different it, story. That's no, a different it's it, it's story. different. Cody made himself invaluable. And 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 there's it's a different thing. Cody did it. Cody oddly did it because it hadn't been done before. I was part of the thing, but if you want to look at the who the real CM Punk in WWE like is, it's actually Cody. Right? It's actually Cody, right? It's why it's why like when, it's why I think like when you, I think the most honest thing I've heard Roman say about Cody is he did something I'm not sure I could have done. And as a man, that's hard for me to really wrap my head around. There's a respect for Cody. Even if they don't necessarily like him, they respect him. Punk is a different animal altogether. He bashed the company. He openly tried to say, do all kinds of shit to this company. And he's coming back, haven't changed a thing, right? Hasn't really changed a thing. He alienated the one place that really wanted him. Right, he did that in a very, very, very toxic way. So he's almost got no choice but to go back to WWE if he wants to wrestle. Almost, and WWE doesn't need him, but it's also it's neat to have him. It's neat, right? But it's also it's a victory lap because he came back with his tail between his legs. There's potential for a really like Punk could be an amazing bitter heel. I would like that would be what I'd want to see from him. Like he'd be the, he should be the ultimate bitter heel because that's like his real life story, right? Whether it's true or not, like again, he's made his own peace with whatever he's done too. And I get that he's not the same guy, but the guy that promised to change everything ended up being the one that got changed. And I think that would be a, that's a neat story. And also beyond Seth, match I really want to see with Punk is with Cody, not with Seth. I want to see it with Cody. That's a better story. That that's that's a good story. I think you could have stuff with you know Jay Uso could be fun to watch. I mean, there's all this stuff that could be a lot of fun to watch and see. I'm not saying that these should be year long stories, but like Cody versus Punk should be at SummerSlam or it should be at. Royal Rumble, or it should be at something that is meaningful, like a WrestleMania. It should not be at, you know, No Mercy. I, I don't even know if No Mercy is a thing anymore, but mm. it should be at something that's, you know, payback, because that's not a meaningful pay-per-view. And I hate to diminish WWE. I love WWE. I'm a huge WWE fan, obviously, but 
I mean, look, I'm glad he's back. I think it's good for the company. I think it's good for for money wise. We'll, we'll, we'll see if it's good for the company long term. I, I mean, there is I I I my, my even money in my head. I don't see him. I don't see him making it to the summer. I just don't. He might make it to WrestleMania, but I don't see him making it to the summer. I just don't. I think the wheels fall off. But but that's just that's just me watching his personal history. I mean, I mean, look, you know what is? I mean, I can tell you who I want back really badly. And I want Mandy Rose back. That that's who I really want back. Who do you want? Mandy Rose. Ah. Uh, but does she think, want to come? But but does she want to come back? Right right now, I think she is making a lot of money. She has a lot of money, and she doesn't need wrestling. And so she'll come back. Nobody ever leaves. Nobody ever leaves permanently. People come in and out. The question is that. But right now, she's got a lot of business opportunities. And also, she's potentially looking at AEW a little bit. And AEW so, suits you better, I think, honestly. I think so. And I also think they're not going to interfere with her fans, or her OnlyFans, whatever, you know, that that's out there. Where when you're making 200000 a month on that, I mean, and that you want to take that away from you, that's kind of a big pill to swallow. Unless you're being paid millions, it is a Big pill to swallow. You know, well, see, but that's but even then, I I I consider I would be very considerate about it because this is beyond like the one thing. The one thing uh, this is unique. Athletes athletes have figured this out. Artists, I hope, figured this out too, a little bit more. Is that there are opportunities when you're in within certain brands to become a bigger brand yourself. That's why, like, I don't completely close the door on doing a traditional publishing deal. Right from a business, like strictly on a business standpoint, right? You don't actually. If you want to make a good career as a creative, you don't need a traditional deal in any way, shape, or form. If you're a comic book person, you need never write for DC or Marvel, right? Right? You know that doesn't that is no longer a necessity to make a living as a creative. But there are benefits to it. Right, and I'm not saying it's like like, and also that you might want to do it, and it's not a crime either. But when you look look at these kind of big, if I get into like a traditional deal, I would treat it as like like me personally, I would treat it like a temporary thing, because as a t- because I don't know how long the deal will last, like how long the relationship will last. Now again, I'm not going to try to self sabotage it. But I also know that there's going to come a point where the numbers may say that I'm going to go my separate ways from them, or they might want to go their separate ways from me. And when that day comes, I want to have my own established brand and established, so I, I don't need to go back. So I don't even think it really. I it was about the money, sure, but it was also about Mandy Rose wants to be more than just Mandy Rose the wrestler. She wants to be who she is as a brand. All right, she's hot. She's taking advantage of the fact that she's hot. There are people paying for pay, people paying to see her, um, and that's wonderful and great for her. Um, but beyond that, again, she's probably looking at, like again, where will these op- where, where will this lead? If she can draw this kind of audience, where would that lead in terms of a movie role? Where does that lead in terms into other gigs down the road? Right. Also, be the idea that look, if she's been wrestling for eight years. Maybe, you know, she's getting sore. Maybe she says, look, you know, I could get hurt. I'm getting older. You know, I'm obviously very attractive. 
and there's movables. And I don't want to, you know, have arthritis in my feet or my arms or my elbows. And if I keep doing this, no matter how safe it is or how careful everybody is, you still take a wear and tear on your body. Oh, because sure. as long as there's a very physical thing, it's the same thing where somebody might say, look, I don't want to play football anymore. I've had 10 good years and I'm just one sack away from being concussed. And where is that going to make me when I'm 50? Is that going to cause me permanent brain damage? And, you know, these are fair positions to to take, even just on a personal level. So I really think that, you know, I I agree because I think it also could be that WWE gave her everything she wanted. And now she doesn't want to be there anymore. And that could be it, too, is that she got what she wanted out of it. And that's her brand has been built because of that. I I don't think that that part was the case necessarily. I just think. I just think she she hit a very unique position where she's like, well, I don't really need to be here. And me, you cutting out my feet like this would make me need to be here longer. And while I, I don't think I hate the place, I don't necessarily want to be here that like, it, it, it's all timing and everything. It's like, heck, going back to the 80s, Sergeant Slaughter got a signed deal with Mattel, right? He signed a deal in Mattel. You know what he didn't do for a few years? Wrestle. Why? He had a toy deal. I I can go get my ass kicked every night for nothing, or I can or I can just sit at home and enjoy being one part of one of the most lucrative franchises ever, and get a payout every so often when my figure comes out. Right? He didn't come back really into wrestling until GI Joe died. Right? And then and even then. He still got residuals from it. It's not like it went to zero. He just was like, well, now I need now I need to think about it. I think Mandy Rose, I think Mandy Rose, if she's gonna come back in wrestling, AEW is probably the best deal for her. I think in North America. I could see her try in Japan. She actually, I think, enjoyed that enjoyed wrestling. She wasn't one of those one of those those um especially towards the end of her NXT run. She wasn't one of those people that avoided the physicality in there, right? Um, but again, I think, I don't think her look, I don't know if she'd want to work full-time for WWE. Could be wrong, but I don't think she necessarily wants to. You know what I mean? No, I, I, I feel you. I feel you. I'm just saying, I just want her back because I really enjoyed her NXT run. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed her with JC Jane and Gigi and all that stuff. I really enjoyed, you know, was it toxic attraction? I think it was. Yes. I really, I really just enjoyed all of that. I enjoyed the trio. I enjoyed them as champions. You know, they were the tag champs and they were the, shoot, the NXT champ. Oh man. I just, I just enjoyed that whole thing. And I would like to see that again because that was, that was enjoyable for me in a lot of ways. Yeah. The modern day, beautiful people. That's what they were. So yes, yes, very much so, very much so. It was great. Yeah, absolutely wonderful. It's yeah. it's, it's our favorite like error in NXT. So really, but, yeah, because 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 I mean I mean as far as the women go, I mean DIY is amazing in NXT. Oh, absolutely. Tampa and uh, freaking Johnny wrestling. I mean Gargano. Oh my god, just that that both of them. Both of them are, are beyond talented individual wrestlers. And as a team, oh my God, they are just so fantastic. Yep. 
and and we'll see and we'll see where they go. I I I we'll see where they go. Um, it's interesting to watch how Triple H's NXT uh, stars how some of them have really shone in the main roster, how some have struggled. Um, I look at Karrion Cross. I kind of feel for the guy because I think I personally I like him, but I don't I don't think his character has clicked. Yeah, no, I I, I just think that that. Yeah, I, I don't think they know how to book the guy. I, I, I think if you look at his run in Impact, he was great in Impact. And then when he came to NXT and then now on SmackDown, I just don't think they don't know how to use Scarlet and they don't know how to use him correctly. I don't know if it's... It, it, it's I, I also don't think he's connecting. Like The one thing about, about his act is I, I, I've watched it. I don't fully understand it. And I think I think there's a disconnect there, right? And like he's he he looks like he looks like he he's the he's trying to be like this avatar of the end of time, I guess. Eh, shrug. Like I don't know. That's I don't like, like 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 I don't mind theatrics. Theatrics theatrics can be fun. I mean, I think the best part is Scarlet uh, like like lip syncing to the song. But I, 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 I'm like, well, if, if, if he's the, if he's the, uh, the big boss, cause in NXT, he was booked really well. Like he was the big boss there and it was done. It was done very, very well. Um, but for whatever reason, when he's been on, um, when he's been up, it's just like, you're not working here. There's, there's something missing and I'm not sure what it is with him. Right. So but other guys like DIY's done okay. Uh, I think I think my favorite uh, I think my favorite call call up has been Bronson Reed. I enjoy his work every time I watch him go out there. So it, it, was he Jonah on the yes. Indies? Oh, he he he's he's great. He he's 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 a he's a blast to, to watch. So so this is my question though. Is that and the only question that matters here is how do we feel about Dominic Mysterio? In wrestling, I mean, you, I, I, you get called I, down and a call up at the exact same time. No, no. So, so Dominic Mysterio is going to be a fantastic world champion in about three years. I'm not joking. I think that guy is deserves. If there's an award for 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 most developed and worked wrestler of the year, it's Dominic Mysterio, hands down. Because that kid has worked beyond harder than anybody else in WWE. I, I, I what I, what I, what I actually think it is, see, see, he, he, he's been, he, he's, he's getting past. I, I loved, I loved prison Dom. Prison Dom cracked me. It, like I, I was so fun. That Best was funny. entrance ever in WrestleMania with the, the, the thing. And he comes out with the chains and the mask. Oh my God. <laughs> right. So, but, but the thing is he's, he's, was allowed to develop on his own, which is fantastic. He, he's a great heel, but I can see it. He's going to be the biggest babyface in wrestling in three years. In three years. I I love the fact that he's part of the Judgment Day. I love the fact that Rhea Ripley wears the collar that says Dominic. Yes. And, 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 and what I love about that is I love the fact that Dominic can stand on his own Rhea Ripley is in a lot of ways acting as Dominic's manager, but I feel like she doesn't interfere. And I just think that whole stable is beyond booked well. And when all those people dissolve from there, 
they're all going to be in a much better place. And they're already in a great place. Except for maybe Finn. Finn, I don't know about. Damian Priest, he reminds me of Scott Hall. Um, young Scott Hall. He, uh, or youngish Scott Hall, I should say. Uh, Damian Priest. Um, he reminds me of him. He's going to be just fine. JD McDonough, I feel... I feel like the Judgment Day is going to go through like um, it's going to be the group in WWE that's going to be like the Four Horsemen in that it's going to be the group with a couple of regular mainstays, and everybody else will be like new people to build up. I think that's what that group actually is. Um, that's what that that's what they're designed to be because I don't. I look at Finn Balor and I think he's gone as high. And I don't know if that's fair or not to say, but he's gone as high as he's likely he's going to go. But he's a good mentor for people. Like JD McDonough, I could see him staying in the group, like staying in the group for a while. I can see Dominic staying in the group for a while, a little while longer yet. But I think like Damian Priest is going to go and they're going to replace him with somebody else. And the idea is you're going to constantly influx these newer guys to because they have a brand to work with. And I can, I think Finn's a good mentor from what I can tell anyway. I'm not saying it, right? So, and that's, and that's how I kind of see it. Um, but Dominic, Rhea, Rhea, is, Rhea is interesting because they're going to break her up, up from there eventually too. I don't know if they replace her. Um, she's the one, she's the wild card in the group, in my opinion. But they're the, they're, they are WWE's attempt to create a horseman-like stable, with the uh, with the sole purpose to put somebody over. That's that that's that's what I think they are. I mean, I, I love I love the concept of it. I love every person in that group right now, and I think it's brilliant. And I think they're doing a fantastic job. Um, and I like the fact that 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 you know Rhea Ripley and Damian Priest are kind of the leaders of that group. And I think it's really, really interesting to have a woman because I don't remember a time where there was a woman who was leading a stable of men. I don't uh, remember. It's been a while. It, it's been it, it's been done before, but it's it's this is this is that what makes this one unique is twofold. Ray is still an active wrestler. Like Sherry, you can make an argument. You can make an argument was was that. Um, you can make an argument with woman, but woman never wrestled, and Sherry was kind of retired. Like, like, like they they put her in a managerial role because there was nothing else for her left to do. When she, when uh, when she lost the world title, they decided they they were going in a different direction then too. But um, but even so, like they, there was nothing really for her left to accomplish in the division. So they're like, okay. You manage and run the work with the men. So um, she was Macho Man's partner in crime. She was definitely, I mean, the only one she kind of was a patsy for was Sean, but that was a different, again, that was a different dynamic than DiBiase and Savage. So, but, but yeah, like Rhea is the first one where it's just like, she still wrestles. She still has her own presence. She still has her own stuff. Um, she still has that. And the thing about it is her being in that position makes her actually a bigger star because she's not, I wouldn't say she's the one in charge all the time, but she's definitely the one pulling the strings and right. Right. And 
that's and, and I, her line, "Mommy is always the one on top." I mean, there's there is a certain there's a certain reality to that that you can legitimately see that. And again, her being part of that group adds to that. So the group has been as good to her as she's been to the group. And that's where it's been good to her. It's like, hey, you have this presence. Hey, I, I love it. I love it. I love the fact that, that, that she's in that group. I'm more interested in what's going beyond the scenes and behind the scenes and what's actually taking place in the ring with Rhea right now. Like, to be honest, like I have no desire. Not saying I don't enjoy watching her wrestle because I love when she wrestles, but it's way more interesting to watch her and how she's maneuvering things and meeting the people and her backstage presence. Because to me, the wrestling in wrestling is not the story. It's all the promos. It's all the actions behind the stage. It's when she's managing Dom and then something else happens with that. That kind of tells me, oh man, this is where we're getting the story. It's kind of like I do wrestling similar to comics where wrestling is almost like the panels. Mm-hmm. And it's like, or maybe wrestling is between the panels to some degree. I don't know, but but I, I just find it her fascinating. Every time she's on screen and she's not in the ring, I find it so interesting because what diabolical shit is she going to do? And then, and then that's the question I have. Well, the reason why she comes across as diabolical she does is because of the whisper she does to Dominic. No one knows what she says to him. But they're, they're, that's a little message between both of them, right? It's so smart. It's a little thing, right? It's a little thing. And um, it's a fun thing, right? And that's, and that's the whole thing. It's a fun thing. Um, no, she's much more interesting. She's... she's I, why would, but here's what I would go so far to say. She's not as interesting in the ring because as of this moment, there is nobody in the division that you want to see take the title from her. That's the problem right now. Uh, she, she's so established. She's actually, she's Charlotte 2.0 in the sense that like when Charlotte's not champion, what do you do with her? Right now, they've done some more stuff with Rhea. Like, like Charlotte, if Charlotte had had the opportunity to manage like somebody like she's like Rhea is doing, would have done Charlotte a world of good. Um, but she's the same problem. Who do you put? Who who realistically beats Rhea? I don't know. I don't know because I I don't think Bianca Belair would be good at this moment for that. I don't Bianca, think Bailey. Bianca and Becky are not options right now. Like Becky as a match, sure, but as a like beating her for the title, no. Honestly, and I'll be honest, I think Becky. I think when Becky won her NXT champion, that was great for Becky, and I think that made a lot of sense because that helped the NXT brand tremendously. Mm-hmm. And even if it was only for like two three months, it really helped to do that. And sometimes you need to do that in wrestling, but like. I mean, what what are we? I mean, I can't even think of of who. I mean, the, the only person. This is a long shot that that would make any sense, and even still, I don't think it would work. Is if somehow Sasha returned, because then you now have a returning. But I don't think Sasha wants to come back to the WWE so quickly. And even still, do you really want Sasha beating Rhea Ripley? Because to me, that also it's gonna look a little bit like. 
great, you're back and you left on bad terms and now we're just happy we have you back and we're placating you with a belt. I mean, that's how that's going to look. And no. it's... I, I, I don't... That, that No, it's just... Okay, so Rhea's problem is who can credibly beat her? Becky, it, Becky, they're keeping Becky as far away from her as they can as possible right now. Because the moment they shoot that off, because the problem is there's nothing after Becky. There's nothing, right? Who's after Becky, right? You can't do Bianca. You're probably not going to get Mercedes Monet. Chops the banks for those people that want to know. You're probably not getting her to come back to the company right away, right? So on your roster, you have some, you have some promising people, but they need more time. They need to see more time to develop, right? My other favorite woman character on tel- on Raw right now is Maxine, but she's not a wrestler at this point. So, but she's fun, like very game. I that's what I give her. I like, well, she, like I will give this to her. She puts her heart into it, and I can I can respect yeah. that. It's just the the Maxim male models thing. That was awesome. Oh, so good, so entertaining in so many ways. <laughs> they all had fun they all had fun but even with her as part of alpha academy it's been fun to watch it right but that's a character thing in the ring you can make a credible story in the ring through rhea ripley if she has a credible opponent so who can she wrestle nia Jax. nia Jax, give her a little bit more time a little bit more build that actually could be fun but i don't see nia beating her Piper Niven, Chelsea Green. Chelsea, if given enough time to develop, would be really fun. She's an incredibly gifted performer, but she's not ever been in a position of. So, who else you got? Maybe Alexa Bliss in about six months to a year. Maybe, maybe. Okay. In a year, in a year, eighteen yeah, months. Yeah. Well, well, she just gave birth, so it's like, like yeah, it's, she just gave birth. You're, you're probably she wants to probably stay at home for a little bit, but let's let, let's assume six months, another six months at least, maybe longer, maybe Alexa Bliss, maybe. So you got Becky. Becky's her best opponent, but you can't. But you're saving that probably for WrestleMania. So what do you do with Rhea, with Rhea in the meantime? You feed her with some, put her with some younger talent that won't be hurt too bad by her beating her, beating them. But you're not going to, again, you, you, you almost have, you have a Roman Reigns problem, but not to the same, the same degree. It's just, I think you just need more time to develop some of these women to develop a little bit more on the main roster. Right. And that's, that's the issue. I think the best, her best challengers, ironically enough, are on SmackDown. Damage control, any one of them would be an interesting match with Rhea. Um, Charlotte is always a good match with Rhea, although you don't necessarily want Charlotte to beat her which is a problem. But again, people that could credibly, you could look at, that could go head to head with Rhea and win. I mean, right right now, I mean, as a placeholder, Royal Rumble, I think Bailey might be a good answer. Honestly, Bailey is probably going to be the one to beat you. That's, that's, that's the way that story is going to go. Oh, no, no, no. I understand. But, but that, that match isn't happening today and they need placeholders. Pretty and and if you want a solid match where somebody's not gonna where it's gonna build up Rhea for Becky, Bailey would would be a good shoe in because now you have 
one of the four horsewomen and you're, you're, you're place holding something in. And then the way you protect Bailey is that you have Bailey win the Royal Rumble and then you have her face EO at WrestleMania in yeah. the same night because that, that's the only way how to protect Bailey in that circumstance if you want to do it. But again, you don't put Bailey in that situation. You just don't because why would you? It would damage her. Even, even losing Rhea would, even doing that would kind of damage her. So why why if if you're just putting somebody for Rhea to be, just put somebody in there for Rhea to be. Don't worry about don't if they're not in your big plans right now. Just give her somebody. That that's that's what you do, right? Um, but yeah, that, but that's why Rhea is not interesting on in the ring right now. It's not that she isn't a good performer. She's a great performer. The problem is, again, if you look at the roster. Who can credibly take her place? And the answer is no one. So that's why she's on top. That's why mommy is always going to be on top. No, I I think it's funny. I think it's funny. I like I like I like that shirt. I have that shirt. It says I'm your mommy. I, I I think I think it's a great shirt. I some people stare at it. Some people don't. Some people understand the joke. Some people don't. I think it's funny. I have a sense of humor and. Uh, when you see, wear that, see, if, you, if you're gonna do that, see, I would go with the I'm your pappy shirt. <laughs> That's the shirt I'd go with because that would that 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 to me, that to me would be because that's where that shirt comes from ultimately, right? It's 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 a it's a it's a riff to Eddie, but I mean, so if you're gonna do it, go all in. I, that's what I would tell you, man. Just listen. Don't settle for being a mommy. Go for pappy. I'm your pappy. I, I, I really, really, really enjoy the looks I get. I really, really enjoy the looks I get because I think it's funny. And and, and I want to have a good time in my life. And that's sure. what I'm going to do here. And that's what I think is funny about it is that I think it's funny. And I'm enjoying, A, making fun of myself and making fun of this situation. And nobody's getting hurt too badly in that situation. <laughs> So it's all right. <laughs> Somebody feels a little uncomfortable, you know, that, that that's the goal. Oh, okay. You're going for like that. This awkward humor. Gotcha. Gotcha. No, I, I'm, I'm no, like I said, man, like WWE has been much more interesting lately. I, I still enjoy AEW. I think um, the Continental Classic has been a lot of fun. I think, I just think what's happened is the momentum has shifted the other way now and that's fine. Um, it'll shift back if AEW stays the course. So, I mean, it's just, it's how it always goes. It's ups and downs. Yeah, see, I've been watching a lot of indie stuff, though, too. And, like, that's the other thing, too, for me, is that, like, I watch a lot of wrestling open. And so, like, obviously, now I'm watching and paying attention to WWE again because Punk got me back in. I was like, okay, cool. What are they doing with this? I obviously watched Raw. That probably came back. I watched, obviously, I catch SmackDown when I can't not not smack that i catch nxt when i can you know maybe every other week i'm watching nxt because i'm not a true nxt guy i'm not a fan of the yellow brand guys it's all right we're, we're, we're all gonna have to take the l on this one or or you could take the x if you would like it um and then you could call it nt um um <laughs> no timeouts um but anyway um <laughs> okay but, but but i i do watch smackdown on my friday nights and i watch Monday Night Raw, unless there's a good team playing on Monday Night Football, um, which happens, you know, maybe twice a month. So, yeah, uh, well, last last week, last week you had terrible choices. Like that was bad. 
<laughs> I had two bad choices. I had Houston beating the Jets, okay? I thought that was a safe bet. I really thought that was a safe bet, everybody. Apparently, I was wrong. I was I was very wrong. Everybody was wrong. And then, and, then, and then I thought the Dolphins, which I picked, were going to beat the Titans, Tennessee Titans, and I was wrong, too. But 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 I didn't feel comfortable betting on the Giants versus Green Bay, but I was rooting for the Giants nonetheless because I felt the Giants are one of those teams right now where they're a sleeper and they're just spoiling somebody's playoff run and they're laughing at them. They're like, we can't make the playoffs, but neither can you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I'm watching them. I'm a Lions fan, so I've, I've been enjoying this season so far. Yeah, I mean, didn't they play the first game or one of the first games and they beat the Chiefs, right? They beat the Chiefs in the very first game of the season. I'm not that that was an upset. If that wasn't, you know, I mean, I, that, I was it. like, what? I called it even before the injuries. I called it. Someone told me they were going to lose. They were. I didn't even. I didn't see that one coming. I'm like, yeah, look, you know, Patrick Mahomes is a magical wizard with the football. No, and, but but here here's the thing, like like. Even last year, like the gap between the Kansas City Chiefs and the rest of the league has closed tremendously. This year, the Kansas City Chiefs are the New England Patriots before Tom Brady left. That's what they are. They are a great defensive team, but they can only beat you one way. They're not going to blow you out. They're not. They, they just don't have it. They do not have the tools to do it. And as good as Pat, Pat Mahomes is, you can't breathe life into dead people. Like that's just, that's just, that's just, there are limits to the magic. So, um, they are missing, like offensively speaking, they just do not have the horses to win a shootout. So a complete team will beat them. Now in the AFC, that only leaves Baltimore right now. That's the thing. They still might get there because, in spite of themselves, because the rest of either every other team's quarterback has been injured, <laughs> right? Right? Joe Burrow's not in. I, I, I'm really sad. Stroud's not. CJ Stroud has been nice. Um, you have Lamar, right? You have Lamar and the Ravens. I don't think the Ravens. I think the Ravens are going to win the win the AFC is what I think they're going to do. And depending on who they play in the Super Bowl, they're going to win it. It depends on who, who they draw, right? If somehow my Lions make it to the Super Bowl, Baltimore is going to win the Super Bowl because Detroit cannot deal with running quarterbacks. Do you think that the 49ers can, can beat the Ravens? Because right now, I think the 49ers, there's maybe six teams that are that are really, really, I think, Complete teams. I think the 49ers are playing like a complete team lately. The, oh. the thing about the 49ers is this is the only thing you really don't know about them. If a team can go ahead to have slug it out with them, like legitimately slug it out with them, can San Fran win a close game? That's the thing about them. They are a good team, undeniable. And they went and they, and they, they definitely, once they get ahead, it's very hard to keep them down, but they they struggle coming from behind, like they struggle with it. And so, if you can be, if you are one, I hate to say it, but Dallas could do it. I think Detroit can do it. 
I'm not sure Philadelphia could do it because I don't think Philadelphia's got the defense to do it. Yeah, I, I think I think Philly Philly's got to figure something out. Where I think Jalen Hurts is a fantastic quarterback. The guy can play. The guy knows how to win. Oh yeah, he's probably the best quarterback in the NFC. Honestly, I mean, I mean, I don't know if you saw the Buffalo Bills game where where they they were down pretty hard and they pulled that one out. I mean, they pulled it out of their ass in a lot of ways, but but he just drove that football in, and they drove that win in. And you know what it is you you got to give grit to them on that that one because that was a tough game where they were down by I think fourteen or seventeen, and they just made defensive stops and they just scored touchdown, touchdown, field goal. And that I think that was a crazy field goal. I think that was like sixty-three yards. That was oh, yeah. crazy. Sure, but the thing is, from a from a defensive standpoint, they're vulnerable, and that's the thing. Their their defense is great, right? So a team that can exploit that is going to beat them. Um, the issue again, there are like all these teams, all like like that's the thing. Like Kansas City was this dominant team for the last five years. They're a good team. They're still a great team, but they're not a favorite anymore. You're not gonna if 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 you're gonna if the if the boat if Vegas's boat is Kansas City or the rest of the league, you're gonna take the rest of the league. You're just going to, right? It's possible. I see how it is. See how it is. This is about Taylor Swift, isn't it? <laughs> I, I, I hey, I got a confession to make. See, I I do have a confession to make. I'll I'll show you. See. See, I, I, I too am a Swifty. It's all good. It's all, all good. This, this is the part where I take off my shirt and I show my tattoo. It tells him no. Um. no, 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 no. Then, then you start singing "Shake It Off," like "Shake It Off," "Shake It Off," and then I'm like, "What the fuck does this guy come into?" Right? But no, it has nothing to do. Like, I, I just think, I just think they are a good team. They're not a, they're not the team. They're a good team. Nothing wrong with that. I don't think that's a terrible spot to be in, to be honest with you. It's just you can be got. The only reason why I think you're, but the only reason why I give you a chance to win it this year is I look at the rest of the AFC and I'm like, you're either injured, suck, or Baltimore. That's it. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's, that's it. But let me put it this way. So I'm a Giants fan. So I know the Giants aren't going to make it. No, you're but gone. You're, you, you, you've been gone for a while. It's it's fun to watch what the Giants are doing right now every Sunday or Monday night or every Thursday night. Because now, since they can't make it, you're going to see them play a certain way that could be fun. You're going to see riskier plays, and you're going to have a good time, and you're going to ruin somebody's day if they win. And then, and so it's it's very enjoyable as a Giants fan. And then the Jets, I mean, I'm just – it's the same thing with the Jets, where the Jets can really be a spoiler team. Where the Jets if, still have a chance to make it. They still have a chance to make it. Fair enough, but, but they can also they, – they really can ruin somebody's chances. Oh, very and so it's fun to see what they're doing. But with the Jets, at least, is how I feel is that let's see what Zach Wilson can do here. Let's see what this kid can do when he's unrestricted and let's see what he can do and let's see what how they not fuck him up. And maybe, maybe it's a good sign and maybe this is a good thing where maybe he's, the Jets... He's not going to be their quarterback next year on the roster next year. Like, just not believing in me, Josh. You got to believe. We have to no. believe in a Zach. I don't know. I've seen Zach play. I've watched Zach play. Well, I hope seen... you're wrong. And we're going I... to a Jets game. If you're wrong, 
They're gonna what make game, all wait, the way. What, 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 what Jess game you going to? Who, you, who are they going to? No, I don't know what Jess game I'm going to. I'm probably going to a Giants game next year. Um, but 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 it's also not. I mean, I live in Connecticut, so it's not that bad. No, 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 no. Uh, so 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 next year, the Giants might have a new quarterback also because they're current. The current guy in there is doing better than the other guy did. So. Are, are you saying we're going to have a new quarterback or is he going to get promoted? Because those are two different things. This could go one of two ways. See, I, I think Daniel Jones got the bag and now people are like, I don't know. Right? And especially with the way he played at the start of the year. But the guys are that, that but this guy, hey, I didn't know this until like two weeks ago. Your team can actually block people. Like that's something that couldn't that didn't happen with anything. The, the key to football, everybody, is living with your parents and your mom still makes your bed. This is the key to everything. So for those who don't know, Tommy DeVito lives 12 miles away from MetLife Stadium. He lives with his parents and his mom still makes his bed. And he's playing in the NFL as the Giants quarterback. And he's yeah. like, what, won three games? I mean, I mean. Yeah, he's three and zero. I mean, I mean, Grant, I don't know if he's the starting quarterback next year, but I think he has the right to fight for the job. So, look, 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 look. I think all the players should move back in with their parents. I think their moms should make all their beds and watch this. They will go eighteen and zero. They will go eighteen and zero. They're twenty zero. So the power of sandwiches. That's that's what you do. You hold this to the power of sandwiches. Hey, I'm willing to try anything if it gets us a Super Bowl. Okay. Okay. See, peanut, butter, pe- peanut butter and jay, ladies and gentlemen. Peanut butter and jay. That's the secret. I mean, I mean, what? Look, think think about this, right? If this is the way it's all done and all these players are doing it, and then think about the endorsement deal, right? For for Smucker's peanut butter and Smucker jelly. I mean, I'm telling you, this is billions of dollars of peanut butter and jelly that will be sold. And then right. think about the charity work on this. I mean, oh my God, you're gonna have like a P and J charity. And then, then, then it gets better. If you think Travis Kelsey was great on SNL, put Saquon Barkley with peanut butter and jelly. And oh my God, where did my money go? Oh my God, you got a skit that's gonna take off. I'm telling you, this thing's gonna sell itself and take care of everybody. You, you know, you actually might get better, even better paycheck from Saturday Night Live than your own team. You know. <laughs> I mean, if you're Tommy DeVito, you're making like twenty thousand for the year, and you're—it's insane. It's like yep. the whole thing's insane, and I love it. But the thing, but the thing is, he can play, right? So that—that's that, the thing. Like, you, you have a quarterback that can play, and your team's actually quite making an effort because of them, and because when they're making an effort, they're winning games. Now it's too late this year; they're not going to get into the playoffs, probably not anyway. So, I mean. I guess. <laughs> I would love it if they beat the Eagles and they beat the Cowboys. Oh my God. What 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 a spoiler that would be for everybody. Not no, saying they're gonna do it. They're, they're not gonna they they might beat the Eagles. That that could be plausible. The Cowboys, I don't think they're gonna touch. See, that's the one I think they're gonna touch. So that's the one. Cause see, Dallas not only beat those boys, but humiliated them. Actually, they can't play again this year. They've already played twice, haven't they? 
No, I don't. I think they only yeah, played they, once. You got the, you got the forty nothing slacking, and he took like a thirty five. Like he scored more that game. It was like thirty five thirteen. Dallas game, did they? Because because I don't know if the I don't remember the second game. I don't. It, it wasn't as bad. I I mean, don't get me wrong. Considering the amount of ass kickings your team took earlier in the season, I mean, it wasn't the worst of the two of them. They actually did better in the second game, but. Because I don't think the Giants played the Eagles yet. They, are, no, they haven't played the Eagles yet, no. The Eagles play them soon. Both both their games come soon. Because I know I think the Giants beat the Commanders twice. Yep. But, but the, the Commanders are a different story. And that that whole it, it, thing, oh, my God. The, the 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 commanders the commanders are 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 the it's a small world wide at Disneyland everybody gets a turn and everybody wins. <laughs> oh man, it's so bad because I used to live in DC. That's why it's terrible, but it's so it, true. It's, it's so a true. small That's... world after all. <laughs> what was it's that? I mean, oh, what a poor investment by Josh Allen. What a poor, poor investment. I think Josh Allen bought the team for like $6.4 billion. What a poor investment. Like, No, it's not a poor investment because even if the team sucks, even if the team is terrible, it'll still make money because it's an NFL franchise. Like, NFL is godly down in the United States. Like, again, I, like it's unbelievable. Um, but... But so it, 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 as an investment, it's worth it. It's just an investment you don't talk about. You're like, how do you afford this? My NFL franchise. Which one is it? I don't want to say. Why? Because then, 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 then they'll have the same thought I have. It's a small world after all. Everybody beats them. Just the way it is. Oh, man. Maybe the answer to me earning my money back. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but that's it. That's like, hey, listen, it's 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 one of those where you gotta look at it honestly and go to yourself. Like, look, like they're not a winning team, but that doesn't mean much. People still go out and see them, right? And and that and the NFL is the biggest show on biggest show in the United States every year. So you have to. I mean, that's that's a good investment. Now again. You like it when your team wins because when your team wins, it's way more fun. But right, <laughs> the, 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 I mean, I'm a Giants fan. We we had a bunch of good years with Eli. We won two Super Bowls with Eli, and those were fun. Those were fun games. I oh, mean, sure. you, you you can't. I mean, if you look at some of the best Super Bowls, you got to put those two games in the top twenty. You wreck, you wreck Brady's perfect. You, you, you wreck Brady's perfect season. I mean that that will always, always be your legacy. Remember, it was eighteen wins and one giant loss. That's right. That year, that year they played the Giants right before, and what was crazy is that that game the Giants almost beat the Patriots in that game in the regular season, and then the rematch was up in the Super Bowl. And oh my God, everybody thought that it was going to be the perfect season. And what a freaking spoiler that New York team was. And then, and then, and then, was that the one where Michael Strahan retired after, I think, or did he retire? Yeah, yeah. Yep. They won. Tom, Tom Brady, Tom Brady would, would give two, like a two Super Bowl rings for that, for have a perfect season. Oh but, my God, five. 
He would have given no, up. No, 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 you wouldn't give up five. You give up. You give up two. You give up two. He wouldn't give up. He wouldn't give up his. Um, he wouldn't give up most of the, most. Some of them he wouldn't give up. His first one he wouldn't give up. His one with Tampa he wouldn't give up. The one he did the comeback with Atlanta he wouldn't give up. Right. He's got some really good memories in the Super Bowl. Just that one is the one that got away. That one's the one that's just like. And then, and then the second one was great too because it was obviously the rematch, and that was exciting. That was exciting. What was that like? Three, four years later. Yeah. So there you go. Like it's one of those where you gotta look at it honestly and go. Now you don't give those up, but maybe you give that one you beat the Rams that one year that was defensive, like whatever the fuck that yeah, was. Nobody even cares about them anymore, anyhow. <laughs> Aren't they a truck? I mean, so they smart. kind of are. They kind of are. What I know is that Tom Brady has an autographed card right now in a Topps baseball set, which is the weirdest thing ever. And then Topps just did something with Bill Belichick if he coached the Expos. And yep. so he signed a bunch of cards. And he said, I know Tom can catch, but can he hit? And on one of the cards. And so, like, those are included as bonus cards. And so I'm hoping I pull one of those because that'd be sick. Yeah. The full song I got from Belichick, because because I'm not saying I love Bill Belichick, but I have to admit it'd be kind of funny to have that in a card. You send that thing off to PSA DNA, Beckett signed grade. Oh, I'd be great. So I'm a big card collector. But... So, so this is Belichick's last year, probably with the Patriots. You know that, right? And then and the Giants are going to hire him right off the spot. They are. <laughs> no, no, they're not. <laughs> I don't think they would do that. Yeah, that's right. Like, please come to New York. It's like, I don't know if you'd want him to come to New York. But, but it might actually complete the circles. I think Bill, Bill Belichick, I think, was a coach, like an assistant coach on the New York Giants at one point. I think he was, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but, okay, so the one thing that's been made apparent about Belichick, he's got so great defensive mind. But from an offensive standpoint, his relationship with, with his players isn't always the best. And when you're looking, and you guys, let's be honest, you're going to have a new quarterback starting next year, probably. You don't want someone to wreck his confidence. And uh, I don't know if Sir Belichick's the guy for that. So I think that my favorite, my favorite take was Nick Wright's today. Know where he goes next? Tampa Bay. Do what Tom Brady did. I'll win a ring here too. You know how funny it would be if he did actually won a ring in Tampa Bay? It'd be, that would brutal. be amazing. I mean, I mean, Bill Belichick is one of the greatest coaches of all time. Sure. I mean, you you can't what he won five with New England. Six. I want to say six. Because 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 Brady has how many rings? Seven. Seven. So Brady won six with New England. And he won one with Tampa. Correct. And then, which which means, I mean, Brady's the, the goat of all time, right? Yep. So, that is what it is. Does, does Brady have the most Super Bowl wins? Or is there somebody ahead of him or somebody tied? He has the most. Because doesn't a guy have six? Nope. Closest is Montana with five. He broke the record with, with New England. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's wild. It's just wild. I mean, oh man, it's the greatest crazy. of all time is Tom Brady. That that's undeniable. 
So, 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 so I want to ask you questions about your podcast class because obviously I'm a podcaster and, and I'll sure. be honest. Um, my my biggest issue, and I say this, is that unfortunately in our society, it is hard to find good information. And also when people are first starting out, it's very complicated on, you know, where to go for guidance. I mean, when I started podcasting 10 years ago, I went to Barnes & Noble and I bought podcasting for dummies. I mean, that, that that's what I did. And then I also did trial by fire. Well, yeah. So I, I don't think you disagree with any either of those two points. And so what is this like? Because at this stage, I'm not saying podcasts for dummies is a bad place to start as far as a book. But I also feel like it doesn't show you or even give you more insight information. Because I think things have changed. And so what is that like for, for you? Because I think there is that issue now where... There needs to be, I guess, a little bit more insider information, if that makes sense. So one of the things I talk about in the course is what kind of show do you want to make? And I ask that, and I go it from the point of view of time. Let's see. I'm going to make a little less clock here. We are approaching 90 minutes right now. We're approaching 90 minutes of the conversation. We probably got another, based on the way this conversation is going, probably another 15 minutes or so before we wrap up, give or take. Right? So there is a very particular audience that listens to a show like this. This is someone that's so like a guy like you, who's working in an office, looking for somebody to listen to for a long period of time. This is the show for you. This is the kind of show for you. If you were working out or doing a small assignment, this is probably too long for you. Right. Time is such a big factor in a show and it, and the time of your show pretty much pretty much dictates your format and i don't care what it is whether it's a watch along whether it's a whether it's a audio drama whether it's an interview show like this whether it's an inform an education show documentary style show there is a deliberate there's a set of beats in every kind of show and you need to understand what those beats actually are and most people don't when they start they don't think in those terms but I mean, like a, a good example, and this is something I, I, I go in great, greater detail about in the course. Okay, imagine someone's going to work, right? So imagine someone's going to work because that's a good place for people to listen to shit. And people will take anywhere from 20 minutes to an hour to drive. Okay, what do you want to talk to them about in 20 minutes to an hour? Right? That's the thing. That's not what this show is. This show is very much a long form conversation. So someone listening to this show is gonna wanna be into some kind of form of the arts, but also wants to have something that can go a little long. Maybe something they, they digest, maybe even two sittings. Maybe I listen to half of it one sitting and then the other half I'll, I'll hit a pause point and that's it, right? So I understand what my show is. And the format is the way it is in part because I know exactly what my time cues are, right? And that dictates everything for me. Now, this is just one aspect of it. It's not the only thing, but it's an important thing because because based on that information, you know who your targets are. No, no, it makes sense. I mean, what I find for, for my show, hour, hour 15 is perfect. 
Mm-hmm. And also, though, it depends who you have. So if I have somebody who is 90 and they've been writing comics for 50 years and I know they're at the end of their life, I might say, look, we're going to go for as long as they want to go, because at the end of the day, this might be their last interview. Sure. And so, and so sometimes you also make calls like that, where if I know somebody is older and they don't do many interviews, I'm going to take as much time as I need. But what I found that works really well on a viewership level for me is an hour, hour 15. Sure. Um, that, that, that works because, again, it's a long-form conversation, and it's probably somebody's listening at work or they like the subject matter, especially with voice actors. So if I, I just had uh, cutting up and interviewing and editing my John Swayze interview. Um, he's the beer guy in Dazed and Confused, and he plays Sir Crocodile in One Piece. Somebody who's listening to that interview is going to sit for the hour and 15 minutes because they like John Swayze and they like the roles he's done. So it's very subject matter driven, Mm -hmm. that interview. And it's tagged appropriately when it's re-released and pushed out there. But I also understand that if that was a six hour thing, nobody in their right mind is going to listen to it. But that's what I Six hours, maybe not three, possibly. I mean, but again, it's who do you want to listen to it? Right. That, that I mean, everything has a purpose. There's a formula to your show, whether you realize it or not. I talk about this and whatever that formula is, you're going to follow it for the most part. Like you're going to break the rules sometimes, but sometimes it's good to break the rules. No, no, no. Because I think that, you know, obviously, and, and what I understand is that when I first started, this probably would have been helpful to me in certain ways, because when you're oh. coming into a new medium and, and, and I've had this discussion about a bunch of stuff, not, not just your class, but a bunch of classes is I'm like, man, I'm 10 years in. And when I first started, boy, this would be helpful to me. <laughs> Give me an idea. But this, isn't, but this isn't just for people just getting started either. I mean, this is also, this is, this is, I mean, it has some stuff definitely for getting started stuff. And I, I would say that is my primary thing, but even someone that's taking it, that's done podcasting, right? Based on this chat, I'm not sure, I'm not sure like, for example, time cues formula audience, like I'm not sure that full connection was fully made until we just had this chat briefly, right? But there is a connection there. So what I, what I do is, what I'm also doing is for people who've done more than the average, the average Joe is, is I'm going to go into details about when to break the formula for your show, why you why to do it, um, why where, how to find your target, right? Um, there have been weeks. There have been weeks on this show. I I, I up until like mid last year, there was a point I was averaging two thousand downloads a week. Okay, I hit that point. So I, I understand exactly what it is I can hit. I can understand exactly what happens when people um, um, also one of the things I'm going to talk about is how to turn people to hate you into, into your biggest fans a little bit, because there's a little bit of that. I, that reality is going to wear a stuck head. I had a guest last year I interviewed and apparently when it was over, they went behind. They talked really, they said some terrible things about me to a lot of people behind my back. And I was like, because we ended up talking about some things that made, made them very uncomfortable. Um, just, the way, just the way the conversation went. Now, the funny thing is uh, looking at it is 
that individual could have just told me to stop having can we change directions in the conversation and I would happily have done so it didn't have to stay there but that's what happened and but I also learned from that it's like these are things that that have happened is how do you deal with people that hate you how do you deal with people like how do you deal with people that are that are um how do you deal with guests when you bring them in even if you don't regularly do guests on your show um like some of the bigger some of the bigger things i've done a podcast long enough to go and others and i've done other shows as well where it's just like okay these are why you want these things and even if you've done podcasts in like yourself i would say that where it's handy for you is you're going to you're going to get a, a refresher on some things you already knew but you might approach your show when it's over in a different light than you did before. And even if you've done shows before. What if I want to be in the dark? <laughs> then go be in the dark. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was, just, it was just too easy. It was just too easy to say that joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's okay to be in the dark. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm just, I'm just like straight up. Just like for someone like you, I'd be like, okay, I have eight modules. Probably modules one through four you won't give a fuck about because they're the basics. But modules five through eight, yeah, I think you would. You, you, you know yeah. why I'm asking? Because this is where this gets interesting, right? Is that at a certain point, it's like, cool, there is a podcast class and I know the basics, right? Like, great. What, what's a podcast, right? It, it, it's a fair position to start at. But then where do does this differ? Because I've taken classes before, not, not on this, but on social media. I'm like, great. The first 10 hours of this, didn't help me. And then hours 11 and 12 were game changers, right? Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I just spent 20 bucks. And the last 10 hours have been nothing for me. And then we get to hour 11. I'm exhausted. I'm like, man, this was a waste of my money. And then, and then I'm like, oh, we got to something useful. Because there's people who are seeing your stuff out there. And they're like, cool, this is a podcast class, but I'm already a podcaster where does this shift up for me and that's really important because again this is where i think this is interesting because yeah. I, i'm sure you bought books and i'm sure you've taken classes and you're like i know a b c but i did not know d and e and 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 like, like i bought a book for 12 bucks on one of these things it was a funnel and the book has financially changed my economics because it taught me about drips yeah. which is a dividend reinvestment plan completely changed my perspective and it probably it will make me in the course of my life anywhere from a million to three million dollars in the next 35 years which is insane on a 12 dollar book so that's why i asked this question because i think that that's a real thing that people need to understand yeah is that yeah yeah, i mean yeah I, i do have basics i would say like half the course is the base is for basics but the other half is bigger stuff like stuff that, that if you've done the show a while maybe how to change it up how to how to do some stuff also um and the last one is almost is almost like a it's a beginner slash someone back to something we said at the very beginning how do you get artists to talk right self-confidence issues with yourself and your guests um the biggest thing a podcast can teach someone in the arts is to communicate ironically enough because uh, you have to, 
like we live in an age today like there's lots of great books out there like we can go on both of our facebooks right now and there are people that are like doing incredible things right this minute no one's advertising or no one or they're advertising uh did did you uh did you see that have you seen how much shit has gone on with that cover Oh my God! I, did did you did you see? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're talking about the 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 best cover ever created, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the X Force cover, it. Oh, I love it. I love it. I think it's the best cover ever created. I, I see. I I have a theory about <laughs> it, but 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 I was I was getting annoyed because I I was watching comic book professionals, some people I respect, trashing this thing, just trashing it. I'm like, okay. I'm, I'm gonna give you I, in a sec though. Continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but the thing was like, this is the thing I looked at. It's like, okay, look, I'm a freelancer. At the end of the day, Marvel paid for this and Marvel's publishing it, which tells me one very important thing. Marvel's happy with it. Cause otherwise they wouldn't do, they wouldn't be printing it. So John did his job. And I don't necessarily think like, again, I'm not necessarily saying it's his best work ever. It's not in my humble opinion. However, right? However, I don't think like the bashing he's gotten from some people is just like, what I don't the understand. fuck? I don't understand. I like the cover. I really do. I like the cover. This is my yeah. hot take. I like the cover. You know what the cover reminds me of? It reminds me a little bit of Frank Miller. It yeah. reminds me of Dark Knight and Dark yeah. Knight Returns and Dark Knight 3. To, like Wolverine blocky a little bit. That's what it reminds me of. And I'm like, sure. this is kind of like what what when did Dark Knight, you know, Frank Miller come out? Like the 90s? It kind of has that vibe to me. I actually like the cover. I'm probably gonna buy a copy of it. I think it's fun. I I don't really It's care. actually incredibly, you know, all things considered, it's incredibly detailed for that style. Like, really, honestly. I, I just think people like I don't think it's a bad cover. I just think it's off Broadway. In which that I think people are so used to this other style that we've had for, for, for years that the second somebody does something that's a different style, they say, oh, that's a piece of shit. It's kind of like if Marvel did a new school cover, completely over the wall new school, like tattoo new school style, people be like, what the fuck is this? And that's what that is to me. And I don't think, I can understand somebody saying this is not my style, Marvel missed it on a stylistic position, but I don't think there's anything intrinsically wrong with the cover. And no. I don't understand. I don't understand the amount of hatred. And I don't understand the, the it, it blows my mind because I've never seen so much hatred towards a particular cover. Well, it just gets me. It's just like some of these people are hating it. They freelance themselves. Like the one thing I, I think that needs to be said, and this is something I, 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 I actually, it's on my board. I, I talked to one of the guys, it's like, you know, well, he's a 20 year veteran. It's like, yes but he's also doing a job for a company, right? So maybe they requested it for him to do it this way. If they requested him to do it this way, then he did his job, right? Right, like no one knows the story, really the story behind that cover. Maybe like, no one really knows it. Who knows? Right, that's it, that's it. no one knows the story. So I'm coming at this from like, okay, I'm being, I'm ignorant here. This is the only cover like this he's ever done, right? I know he can. I know he's got his other style. He'll go back to what he's known for when it's all said and done. So if this is just a one-off thing, cool. 
happy for him. And that, that's it. That, that's where I'm at. It's like, I'm happy for him. Like, it's not like, to be honest, not my favorite kind of cover, but that's okay. It's not for and me. I like this cover more than his other stuff. I'm, I, 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 took it, I took it even simpler than you. I said, I like this cover. This is yeah. kind of cool. It's a little yeah. trippy. I like it. I want to yeah. go now buy this cover. Like this to me just looks trippy. It, it, it caught, it's going to make me stop in a comic store. And maybe yeah. And guess what? I like the cover. I mean, I, I, this is the first time me ever admitting that. Because if I said, I like this cover on Facebook, I think I will get dogpiled on and attacked. I really do. To be honest. Yeah, yeah, but I, 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 like for me, I don't give a shit. Like I can, I can hold my ground. Like here, here, the wonderful thing about the pandemic taught me, I openly don't give a fuck anymore about people disagreeing with me. I openly don't. What happens, what happens is I will be respectful. I will listen to you. I will hear you out. I think everybody has a right to an opinion. I'm still might disagree with you at the end of the day. And if I do disagree with you at the end of the day, that's it. Now, if you decide, I, 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 I had a, I had a friend of mine on, on Twitter X, like she asked the question, why is Trump popular? And I tried to explain this and she ended up in front of me this. It's because of the, I'm not saying that Biden is worse than Trump, but I'm saying that the way they are covered is very different, like, right? Considering some of the things that Biden has pulled off, right? It's like, like, okay, anyone listening to this, watching this, you might hate Trump. I get it. But the thing is, Biden isn't exactly a good consolation prize either. So that all said, she got really offended and she ended up blocking me on Twitter because I was like, shrug, I'm sorry you feel this way. What do you want me to do about it? Right? I'm not trying to be heartless about it, but I can't control your reaction to something. I'm not going to. I'm not interested. I don't care. I'm going to be true to who I am. And if you like it, great. If you don't, I don't care. And in fact, if you get really mad at me and you draw a whole controversy to me, good. It'll help me sell shit. And that's just where I'm at. And that is where I'm at. I agree with you. I just don't want to just start something right now because I understand sometimes, like if I put up that cover, say, I like this cover. I'm going to get dog piled on and I'm just not interested in dealing with it over a stupid cover that I'm like, it's kind of fun, guys. This is a ridiculous argument. Like, I just think the, the amount of hatred on it is so ridiculous. Oh, it, it's nuts. Like, it, it's a cover. And, and, and like, like, okay, do you, want a pers- do you want a legitimate personal opinion about this cover? This is my personal opinion about this. No, no, I want an impersonal one. Please be impersonal about it. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, so what, 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 what I want, what I think, I think the Marvel, the Marvel Publishing House asked him to do this cover in this style because it was him because it was him because the expectations you have with the john cassidy cover get completely overturned looking at it and the thing is the one thing i will say about this cover that's positive absolutely 100 percent positive it stands out there's nothing like it nothing so i say so i say that not currently anyway so i say that with like the the and so if you're, if you're a creative that hates that cover, my comment to you is twofold. It got a reaction you can only dream of. And they honestly, you got a reaction you could only dream of. You want people to have a positive or a negative reaction. But two, 
men got paid for do to do artwork. It's what we all dream of doing. Let them enjoy it. Oh, I mean, I mean, I mean, honestly, yeah. I would have not been looking at this cover. I don't care about X Force one damn bit. No offense. Exactly. To exactly. I, I want to read X Force. I don't really care about anything else, but I want to read it. And I'm going to a comic shop probably this weekend. I'll probably go to Newberry. They're going to have this book. I think it's out, right? It's out, right? Uh, it's going to be out next month. Oh, okay. So it's out next month. So I'll go next month when this one's out. And now I want to pick up this book and read it. And yep. now I'm really, really excited. And I'm going to be like, this is, I'm probably going to go get it graded. And, yeah. and, and, and I think it's great. And then guess what happened with this cover? Michael Marat or Marat Michaels. I forget which, how it's pronounced. I, I was getting mixed up. A uh, guy who does Do You Poo just did a, um, a um, uh, parody of this cover. Yeah. So, so this this book is now becoming going to be parodied, in which it would do. I would expect a bunch of Kickstarters to copy it. I expect that this book is going to be a copied book and made fun of. And I expect it. And and I'm looking forward to it. And I think it's going to create its own category. And I'm super excited for it. And and and, and I love it. I'm going to get all of them because I think this cover's hilarious. I think it's great. I love it. I love this style. In fact, if I do a book, I want this style on my book. I love this style. I absolutely love the block Frank Miller sort of 90s, you know, you know not shittily drawn, but drawn in that rougher style. That'd be a good way to say it. I like that style. That style is what got me into comics. And so, great. like, for me, this brings me back to, to my roots. So, yeah, I'm know. sorry, everybody. But uh, no, I don't um, think you should be sorry. Like that, this is the only thing I don't 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 apologize. So you like, I'm, I'm gonna say something very very polite. I'm back home. <laughs> yes. No, I, I, I I bring I I bring it up, I bring it up like this because I I I don't apologize. Like again, at this point in my life, like again, the one thing the pandemic taught me is that people you gotta make like honestly stand for where you stand don't worry about it if people are going to use that as an excuse to walk away let them walk it's 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 honestly better for everybody involved and that's it like i'm again i'm not looking necessarily to start a fight with anybody but i'm also like you know what this is what i think don't like it that's fine too i'm not i'm not i'm not worried about it and then people want to get pissed off and really want to react to it. It's like, okay, listen, react. We'll go. Let's let, I'll hear you out. Oh my God. All I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to put that cover around and say, I'm back home. The end of it. And actually what you, what you, what you, what you actually, you know what you should do? You should dance with the cover. Like you should come back home. Do like, like, Da 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 da. Like just actually, it's just like. And well, what you do is that you get an Olympic torch and you put it at the top of the Olympic torch instead of lighting the torch and the flame on it. You just put it on there and you just start running through <laughs> out of the comic shop. Go across state line and you hand it off to somebody and then they run too. Oh, <laughs> you know how funny that would be. It could, so it, 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 you could do something kind of fun with that, like just Olympic torch. It's like. That's a bad cover, and then you have someone go. That's actually, and you actually have some people go. That's a terrible cover. Oh, and just run anyway, right? There's like, like, and some people go. Oh, I love this cover, and just have different reactions to it each and every time, right? And, oh my and, 
no, it would be great, and it'd be great, and and then have and have people angry at the cover chasing uh, chasing these people. Well, that that could be that could be fun. Oh my fun. god! I'm, gonna, I'm now gonna have to figure out how to, how to shoot this. Oh my god, it'd be great, and then it just keeps growing up. Uh, no, so it's, many it's, it's, it, uh, the cha- the challenge is chase scenes. The chase scenes, you gotta have like one of those little carts. So you put your camera on, and you just go down, right? And you gotta get. And the other thing is, you gotta get right. It, the song you gotta have is dun 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 dun. Like that's the song you gotta have going with the with with the Olympic torch passing. And you pause it long enough, long enough, so people can actually comment on the cover, and make it fun, right? Make it fun. Have some people go, "Oh, this is like the worst thing ever." And then other people, it's like, "I love this cover." Actually, in your case, just hug it. Like you, you just hug it real close. Then, then it also, like, "Oh shit, they're after me!" And they keep going. <laughs> right. Oh, so many things to be done. I, I'm gonna buy like ten of them. I'm, I'm uh, watching I'm buy like 3,000 of these books all by myself just to get its sales up. Like, this book is the greatest seller ever. And everybody's like, I don't understand. No, it's just, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. I, I, like I said, as a professional, this is just me as a professional, he did his job. And you can't knock somebody for doing the job. And I really don't. And my personal opinion is he probably was asked to do it that way. That's my bet. I mean, that in that style, he still did a really good job in that style. Now, it's not my favorite. It's not my favorite, but you're wrong. And you're just wrong because it's a great yeah, cover. Okay. My favorite. Okay, <laughs> and you know what? And I'm okay with being wrong. I know what I like. Okay, give me manga girls all the time. But anyway, no, it's neither here nor there. But, but no, 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 no. My my opinion is that I don't know what he was done, but as a fan, and I took a very fan approach. I said I like the cover. I'm yeah. sorry. I like the cover. I, I like weird stuff. Like, guess what? I've seen a bunch of bad movies, and I'm like, I like that movie. That movie was fun. You know, you know I've seen like, like I'll make a real argument. I loved Fast X. I really had a great time seeing Fast X. Was Fast X a good movie? Of course, it wasn't. It was a horrible movie. Did I have a blast seeing it for three hours? Oh my god, I had such a good day. For three hours, my Sour Patch Kids, my soda, my popcorn in the movie theater. Oh, my God. What a great day I had. So so it did its job. Because guess what? For three hours, I wasn't thinking about anything else except watching a ridiculous movie. So what was the point of the movie? Was I supposed to expect Vin Diesel to give me an Oscar with Fast X? No. My expectation was X, and it gave me Fast. Yep. <laughs> and so there, there you go. So that that's how I feel. But... Again, I'm sure we've alienated a bunch of people here. Um, and I'm sure, I'm sure it's all right. You know, we can only go up. We we, we can no longer go down. Um, so, see, see, see I, I I don't even think it's like, again same thing. I don't even look at it, it's going up or going down. I'm saying my opinion. That's it. You can agree with me or disagree with me. I don't care, and I mean that like in the best way. I'll still have a drink with you when it's over. For example, you think it's the greatest cover ever. I disagree, but you know what? It's fine. You know, as you so eloquently put it, I'm wrong, and I'm okay being wrong. We'll have a drink. I'll, so you I'll know I'm joking. You know yeah, no, I'm. No, 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 no. I know. I, I, I am joking, right? Like I'm going. I'm being so a little facetious too, right? I'm saying it like that because again, I just want people to understand. Like, you don't. Again, an opinion doesn't necessarily mean that we can have different opinions, and the world will still turn. 
right? That's the that's the thing about it. The world still turns. But but but, but what we're talking about, it, and I'll say this: is that we're talking about something that is so moot, and it doesn't change anything in so, reality. He says, "I hate this cover," and I say, "I love this cover." Guess what? If you and me can't have a beer at that point, we are in a much bigger problem. Oh yeah. Versing, I understand when when the whole Trump thing versus Biden thing, Democrat Republican, those lines are way more defined. So obviously, me and my friends have very different political beliefs where we take sure. different. But guess what? We also understand that that is just one aspect, and we could separate that little aspect of ten percent more from the ninety. Well, Other people can't do that. Well, well no. I see. I this is where I, this is where I think. Like I, I even think this is what it comes down to. It's, it's how invested you are in the like how you identify with whatever it is you're associating with. I look at, I look at politics like. Whether you're pro Trump, you're pro Biden, you're anti Trump or anti Biden. I'm. I call myself a political atheist. I think they're all full of shit. Ergo, I don't trust any of them. That's me, right? That is me, and I can look at them. But the thing is, I can look at politics on and honestly it's like okay you identify with this why do you identify with this i may not agree with you but i can at least try to understand you and and that's important because honestly what most of us really want if you want people and, and folks if you want to actually talk about politics religion or anything that requires any serious real consequence approach the other person in a position of listening and of listening and understanding it doesn't matter whether you agree or you're going to agree with them. You're probably at the end of it, not going to agree with them, but you don't need to agree with them. And that's really the point. We, we, we can let the stuff divide us or we can let the stuff go, you know, like once upon a time back in my day, when, when, when I had slightly more hair and it was, it, I had no goatee back in my day, there was a time we could disagree about who was in politics and nobody cared. And I would love to get it back to that point again. But the only way that's going to happen is if we can honestly separate ourselves from our from the ideals we believe our leaders have. I'm an atheist. I'm an atheist when it comes to that, folks. I don't think many leaders have any ideals. So you might call that cynical, folks. I call that what I've seen. But that's neither here nor there. What is here or there is we all look at things differently, and we all need to be open enough to understand that a the world is bigger than us and B right. Um, and B, I don't need to agree with you to get along with you. I just, all you and I really need is a basic understanding of, I appreciate you. Even if I disagree with you, I appreciate it. And that's all it is. I mean, I, mean, I, I, I don't disagree. And what you said, you know, what is best words people could say to me are thank you. And I appreciate you for having me on. In a podcast, those two words open up more doors than people realize. I'm sure that 90% of my guests that I have, I probably disagree with them politically. Guess what? All those people probably have a pretty good idea in my politics. It, if you don't know my politics, everybody, by now, you've been living under a rock. And I'm saying that as nice as I can. But you don't hear me profissing, profissing. Wow, pronunciating that that's a good word to use and yes. but if people want to get into it i'm more than happy to have that discussion at any given point but again i also choose sometimes not to have that discussion because i don't know if the person i'm having that discussion is in good faith and that's what i'm looking for is good faith discussions 
and not necessarily an open bashing attack because I've been in those and those are very different where I'm like, if you want to have a discussion about something that we disagree on, whatever that topic may be, I'm more than happy to have that in good open faith. The second it becomes unopen faith or, or the faith is gone, I don't know what you want to call that, but but yeah, what I the find moment, the moment the attack goes like like there's a difference between disagreeing with an idea than disagreeing with a person. And that, and like like and like disagreeing with the idea of person rather than me and thinking a person's scum. Like I'm never going to say somebody that let's say takes a more conservative mindset that they're racist. I have that, or I'm I'm not going to say that someone takes a more liberal mindset that they're snowflakes, right? I'm like, you're not going to do that. What you're going to do is you're going to honestly look at things and go, okay, you see things this way. Why do you see things this way? And that's it. That, I mean, that it, it's, it's amazing the difference. Now, again, we can disagree and we'll probably have some back and forth, or maybe we agree. Maybe we agree more than we realize too. That's the other thing too. It just, we might see the same, we might see it differently, but the base reason might be the same. And that's why I need too sometimes when that happens, but. Neither here, neither there. Mr. Andrew, I think we've gone nearly two hours. Yes, I know. Uh, I want to let you go to sleep tonight. What I mean by sleep is do some editing and work on your class. (laughs) Yeah. So before before I do that, before I I, I promote myself, is there anything you want to promote? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm coming back January 9th for season five, which I'm sure you'll be happily be a part of. Sure. and I got about eight people booked so far. And uh, I have Dave Francini from Zenoscopes coming on on January 9th. And I have Jen Thomas right now coming on January 10th. So that's going to be a fun two days. And I got Tom Hutchinson on the 11th. Um, So it's going it's looking to be a really fun week uh, that week. And I'm looking for two, three more people. And I'm reaching out to them. Um, And obviously, that is Conversations in Pop Culture. Um, so just YouTube, Pop Anime Comics, Conversations in Pop Culture. And then the other thing I got going on right now is I run an eBay business. And so I sell a lot of books and I got a lot of cool stuff in my store right now and um, doing some more fun stuff. So uh, that is Pop Anime Comics Collectibles on eBay. And uh, yeah, I just have a lot of books and I ship all over the world. So it doesn't matter what country you're in. If you're looking for some cool comics, cool baseball cards, basketball cards, maybe a few Pop Funkos, some other weird trinkets, if you that's what fancies you. Um, I got you covered, and uh, I actually don't have it right now, but uh, somebody sent me a free box of 50 comics, so every order, until I run out of those, is getting some free comics in them, so uh, yeah, you know, definitely uh, check me out, and uh, yeah, I just want to say thank you for uh, having me on, and uh, my social media is Pop Anime Comics, so anything with Pop Anime Comics is mine, unless I owe you money. If I owe you money, I'm going to quietly walk away as if I broke something in a store, but um. All, all jokes aside, I would like to say thank you for having me on. Again, I don't really get invited on shows, so I appreciate anybody who has me on, and uh, I will be returning the favor, hopefully in season five with you. No, that would be that would be swell. All right, folks, let's do this properly. Let's have this all go. I am doing a podcast course right now. You can go register right now for the until the end of the year. It is three hundred bucks if you want to be part of it. Uh, and it, it will go up next year. I give you a little hint. I'm going to teach you guys how to create a show. Um, it's on my, I've just put it up there, pod, jpenzelresco.wordpress.com slash podcast course. Um, if you are interested, I basically, the basic friendly little rocks building a show are the first four modules. The last four modules are a little bit more advanced stuff. Everything from show formula, reaching an audience, building confidence, right? And also guest etiquette which is something that I think, you know, is 
a good thing to talk about on both sides of the on both sides of the equation. You as a host, you, them as a guest. So then maybe one or two more things, depending on on how many people sign up. But anyways, take a look at the link there in the, in the description below. And for everybody watching, everybody listening, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Stay inspired. Keep shining in the dark. And I'll see you guys next time. Josh. Josh.